everybody, welcome to RPG Cast, episode 281 for the week of October 6, 2013. I'm Chris Privetier here with RP Gamer's latest and greatest. First off, Anna Marie Privetier. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. It's an afternoon podcast coming at you this week on a Sunday because we had a friend come in from out of town. And uh, we hosted him yesterday morning. Went to brunch. It was delightful. Very delightful. Is that, Brunch is something you guys do over in England, right, John Yearworth? Uh, I don't think... Actually, no, thinking about it, because of how many times I skip breakfast, I suppose I do end up just having brunch every day. Mm, technically brunch. And what about uh, Alex Fuller? Yeah, I feel it's the same as John. Breakfast is too hard. Breakfast is too hard. Lunch by default, or brunch by default. Sweet. Yep. All right, so why don't we, uh, let's, let's, let's get into some podcasting here. We got some games people have been playing, right? Has anyone been playing anything exciting? Well, me and you have been playing the same thing. Because we've been right? playing Pocket Trains. Pocket Trains! Yay! The so this is the same people that made Tiny, Tiny Tower, Tower and Pocket, and Pocket Planes. Planes. Yeah. And it is very, very fun. I feel like they have they fixed the things that I didn't like about Pocket Planes. For example, you had to pay to fly somewhere. And that made sense, but in this, you instead have maintenance costs, where your train occasionally breaks down and requires maintenance. And you can either pay coins or pay a part. Mm-hmm. And so as part of this, you're moving things back and forth between the cities, and you get crates. And you unbox a crate with real money currency that you get frequently through the game or you can purchase. And from the crates you get parts which you build more trains and you get more train lines my only complaint about the game so far is you can only run one train on any given line yeah so and it it kind of bugs me because every day there's an event and again much like pocket planes they fix this so the event is always in a city that you currently own and so sometimes it can be difficult like at the moment i only have I have like two, three trains that go to Amsterdam, but only one train that goes up to Copenhagen, and that's where my event is today. So I basically have all the trains bring stuff to Copenhagen or to Amsterdam, and then I'm basically running back and forth between that and Copenhagen all day. It would be nice if I could have a second train doing that. Mm-hmm. So I started in Europe, and I have now branched into Africa. Yay. Good for so you. I trained to Casablanca. da 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 so yes, that's been sucking up far too much of my time this week. What else have you been playing, Chris? Oh, I don't know. Um, I, other iOS games, mostly. I'm still working through Phoenix Wright Trials and Tribulations. That's Phoenix Wright 3. I'm on the last case of that. Then I can move on to um, Apollo Justice just in time to hopefully finish by the time Phoenix Wright 5 comes out. I'll probably miss that date by a week or two. <laughs> and then we geekly weekly it up with Sava... And yeah, we did Diablo, Diablo 3. 3 instead of Geekly Weekly. <laughs> um, and we got a letter from him this week. Excellent. We'll have to read it later. And I'm still chugging away on Clash of Clans, and I've been playing some Real Racing 3, so I get my car racing fix on my phone and trying out my fasty, fast, super fast iPhone. So, um, yeah. I have been playing a ton of Etrian Odyssey on Oh, my gosh. Just un- unending Etrian Odyssey Yes. Whatever girl. It is so good. The Millennium Girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, I said it's a easy and I went into story mode and I'm having so much fun. I actually have always liked the premise of Veteran Odyssey, but the games have always been too hard for me. 
I'm sure there's. I'm going to get called out as a total wimp, but I'm okay with that. Oh, you are a total wimp, but I mean, you are playing on the easiest of easy modes. I am. I totally am. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I'm. I'm really enjoying it. It's. It's really fun, and I also have like assisted mapping turned on, so I get help mapping stuff out. And there's still a bunch of stuff that I need to do myself. So, yeah, I. Uh, I'm right around level forty. And I'm on floor 16. I just entered the third or fourth stratum. I I think this is the fourth. Yeah. So, it's fun. Alright. So, what have you been playing, Quinn? Because I know you've been playing lots of Final Fantasy because I've been watching your Twitter. Uh, wait. I haven't, I've barely twice posted anything on Twitter. No, wait. Have you been posting on the forums? Uh, I posted a bit on the forums, yeah. That's yeah, right. that was it. I'm sorry, I got confused. That's because that's where I post my occasional screenshot stuff. Um, yeah, something like that. Um, yeah, uh, I, um, I've, actually, I'm pretty sure I mentioned on the podcast last week that I'd finished the story. Can somebody check that? <laughs> I'm pretty sure I did. Uh, huh? we're going to check that? Oh, whatever. I'm pretty damn sure I mentioned at least last week that I, uh... You finished the finished... 14 story, yes. Yes. You didn't... Yeah, you, you mentioned that. And I mentioned it on the forums at the very least as well. Um... So does see. that mean you have a full set of Darklight gear now? No. Okay. Is that what you're I working don't... on now? No. <laughs> Do you have AF yet? Yeah, of course I have AF. That's okay. just easy to get. Are you working AF. on your crazy weapon? I've been talking no. Lucifer about no. this, and it's Not wild. Not even doing that. Not even doing that. I generally, I don't actually. I didn't partake in a lot of end game stuff when the original Final Fantasy went in Final Fantasy Eleven, um, mostly due to the time investments, and I kind of, um, sort of. I'm not in any hurry to start now kind of thing. I've heard what the grind is like for some of the um, dark light and the relic gear. And Maybe stuff. we should and actually explain what all of these terms mean so that people who don't... I don't have any idea what they mean. Okay, so when you hit max level, the first thing that you seek is AF, artifact armor. And that is basically the iconic armor that represents your class so if you're a white mage you get like that white sort of hoodie thing and if you're a black mage you get like the black mage hat and you know the the nice big robe and you know etc etc dragoon gets the really nice molded armor and then when you've finished getting that set together um you have two things that you need to do number one you need to put together sort of af2 which is a set of dark light armor which affects how things work in a dungeon and i don't know anything beyond that because i'm not it's not, it's not it. like it basically um final fantasy 14 has taken a few cues from the later development sections of um uh, world of warcraft or what the world of warcraft raiding scene turned into um uh, just as a clarification point you get um four out of the five pieces of af gear at level 45 and you get the robe or uh, chest piece that completes the set level 50 when you finish the storyline, um, a couple of the, a few of the dungeons post level forty start giving out um, these things called uh, 
is it tomes or tombstones, tombstones, something like that. Um, and they're basically a little bit like um, justice and valor points as they were in World of Warcraft. Um, Dark Light Gear basically represents the... Um, it's kind of like the sort of first stage of upgrades in gear beyond level 50. Um, f- f- yeah, 14 seems to be working on a system where... Um, the item level on a gear, to carry over a term used from World of Warcraft, is up until level 50, fairly equivalent to the um, level that you need in order to equip it. So a, a chess piece that requires level 41 is item level 41. Um, but beyond level 50, stuff starts going beyond level 50. I think Darklight's uh, either 60 or 70. Um, the relic weapon is something that you can work on, which is a very powerful, iconic weapon unique to each class. Um, There is also a second set of artifact gear, the artifact plus one gear, um, which is basically the same equipment, but with a slightly different color scheme and much better stats. And you have to do quite a lot of grinding for that. I think the highest item level equipment you can get at the moment is 90. And that can only be gotten from something called the Binding Coil of Bahamut, which is basically like the sort of top-tier raiding dungeon. Does that make any sense? Yeah. And to acquire all of the things for this really nice relic weapon, you basically have to do a bunch of dungeons and a bunch of the elemental challenges a second time on with a harder difficulty. So, for example, you face Ifrit midway through the story... And then to get part of your weapon, you need to face Ifrit hard mode. And not only are all of his abilities stronger and have shorter cast times, but he also has additional tricks up his sleeve. Yeah, but there's Ifrit hard mode, Garuda hard mode, and Titan hard mode. And I think it goes in that order. Um, all of them are now rebalanced for level 50 eight-man teams as opposed to the four-man teams at the appropriate levels when you fight them. And uh, yeah, they're, they're nasty. Just, just generally nasty. Ifrit is kind of like a kind of entry level thing. Um, the other two are quite strict gear checks, um, and the progression is kind of tied up in all of that. I think the other problem is is that the most efficient way of getting these tokens for some of the gear is to run the two final dungeons in the game's storyline, um, which is the reason why you see a lot of shouts and so on for speedruns of those two dungeons. So yeah. I'm uh, hoping by the time I get to 50, they'll add a third dungeon in. Yeah, I, I, basically, my um, my personal strategy on it at the moment is um, I'm actually just leveling other stuff like crafting. Um, I got my Pugilist to level 30 and my Lance to level 15, so I unlocked Monk. Um, I'm just basically leveling up other things to avoid doing the endgame for the moment and waiting to see what the next patch does to it. Which is fine. I mean, you're still enjoying the game. I'm looking forward to getting back into it this week. I can finally sit with my foot down. So I'm going to be able to get back on my desktop stream tomorrow. Yay! More. Well, hopefully I, will, hopefully I will be back in the mood to start running dungeons again. So Yay! Yay! There's a couple of side dungeons that I haven't done, like lower level ones that I need to do at some point. Uh, I didn't do Sunken Temple of Quan. Silktail has just checked Podcast 280. You were one dungeon away from finishing the story last week. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. 
So yeah, no, I have actually finished that. And the, the, Yay! That that does actually play during yeah. the, the like the final one of the final cutscenes. Of course, Look it does. To it. Uh, You've been playing awesome. other stuff, right? Yeah, so I've been playing some other stuff. Um, I suppose the, the the big one that's like very up my street is the somewhat ridiculously titled Super Robot Wars OG Saga Masukishin Three: Pride of Justice. We saw we that. We saw that. It was just all Japanese characters, though, when we saw it on our PS3. Yeah. No, it's a bunch of Japanese characters and then Pride of Justice in English. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we looked at it and like, what on earth is that? It has to be so a Gundam game. So basically, to explain, the one of the original, uh, one of the first original characters created by Ban Presto for inclusion in um, Super Robot Wars is this guy called Masaki Ando, who's voiced by the guy who does Hiro Yui from Gundam Wing. Um, and he's got a very, like, um, his mecha design is... Um, was I think partially inspired by those seen in like Escaflone and sort of more fantasy orientated stuff as opposed to Sorry. As opposed to kind of like just like raw mechanical stuff. So what they did was they then created this entire side story around this character and his machine. Um where in the original generations universe there is like this subterranean kingdom that exists under the under all of Earth continents or whatever um that's uh got a very sort of more like fantasy magitech kind of slant to it um the original version of this side story super robot wars gaiden i think came out on the snes like sometime in the 90s um and it basically expanded on masaki's character and then introduced a bunch of other ones who then cameoed in other super robot wars games and so on and so forth what they then did was they then did a re-release of it on the PSP, which became Masukishin 1. And then they did a second one for the PSP. And then they released the third one on the PS3 and the Vita, which is a little unusual. Now, I haven't actually played the other two. Um, I've sort of played the game that they are side stories to. I understand at least some of their plots from reading up and things. Um, but I kind of really bought the third one just as a kind of, you know, this game looks ridiculously pretty for a tactics game on the PS3. You know, I was distracted by the shiny. Um, now, the problem is, um, outside of the fact that I don't know much of the plot, I know some of the characters, but I don't know the plot very well, is the game is really hard. Like, this is the game that makes most Super Robot Wars games look extremely easy by comparison. Um, oh, so basically, um, one of the, it's got several shticks that separate it from its kind of forebear. The first is um, they, they're done away with the um, super deformed art style. All of the machines, the artwork for all of the machines are done like sort of with proper proportions and stuff. And this is mostly down to the fact that because there are no licensed series in this one, there's no need to um, standardize sizes by drawing certain things super deformed in order to fit everything into the same space. Um, the, the other thing is, um, you may remember a, a mechanic in some of the older Final Fantasy Tactics games where orientation on the battlefield, your, the orientation of your character, or in this case Mecha, on the battlefield actually matters. Um, this do- it doesn't matter in, the, in standard Super Robot Wars because if your, char- your, your Mecha is attacked your mecha just uh, on the map screen just turns to face the oncoming attack, and that's fine. In, Masuki- in the Masukishin games, 
um, you, that doesn't happen. You do actually get like accuracy bonuses or accuracy penalties for for incorrect orientation on the, on the tactical map. Um, and I think the other thing that is that I for personally find difficult is um, it starts you off really quite low powered compared to what I'm used to with Super Robot Wars, which means that. Um, I don't think I've actually, aside from I think the first couple of stages of the game, which more of just serve as an introduction to the to this uh, chapter of the story, um, I don't think I've actually gone one of those stages without losing at least one person. Is it a permanent and, loss? No, it's not a permanent loss, Alice, out of Alice Fire Emblem, thankfully. But the um, the repair costs are taken out of your bo- uh, bonus for clearing the level. Um, and that they can get expensive. <laughs> so yeah, um, I, most so most of me trying to play that has mostly been just trying to figure out um, how to play more tactically because apparently by playing Super Robot Wars, I've been playing with the training wheels on all this time. So yeah, and yeah, the last thing. Um, the last thing that's on my list Wait, is... Wait, is there a talking wolf in this game? Uh, yes, there is. Why is there a talking wolf in this game? Okay, so, as I mentioned, the, um, the, the setting is, has a kind of, like, more kind of magical, magitech bent to it, right? You following with me so far? Oh, sure. Yeah, alright. Now, several of the more powerful... Or several of the characters who pilot more powerful machines have, uh, effectively, like, magical familiars. Mm-hmm. So... The there is a uh, Masaki. The main character has two cats. Um, uh, Tutti has a wolf. Uh, Yanlong has a tiger, and Mio has three platypus, all named after characters from Journey to the West. Plat platypi. Yeah. Okay. I'm not kidding. Are any of them Shoo, named Perry? My... <laughs> Sorry. Right, never mind. Yeah, uh, Shu, my favorite character, my, the, uh, the 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 purple haired Vichy who forms my forum avatar on RP Gamer. Uh, mm-hmm. He has a foul mouthed blue parrot, who he hates, with a fiery passion. It's it's quite something. Okay, good to know. Oh, good gameplay. I'm trying to watch a video of this thing on the stream here, and like they just keep showing these little cutscenes of special attacks. It's ridiculous. Like you can't even well, see that, gameplay. That's that's how they that's how they sell Super Robot Wars games. Oh, is it? it yeah, they, they, because they know that the I think the vast majority of the audience at this point knows that basically all you do outside of those particularly cool looking cutscenes is just move uh, units around on a like an Advanced Wars esque battle map. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's basically it. Oh, okay. yeah, and there's a lot of talking. Like there is a lot of talking. <laughs> like any like any Super Robot Wars okay. game, there is there is a lot of talking. Uh, most of which I can't read because my Japanese is not fantastic. I can get, I can get the usual stuff. I can get snippets. I can get um, some context. I can get exclamations here and there. But like the vast majority of the stuff does kind of fly over my head sometimes. So yeah. All right. What else do you play? <laughs> yeah, the last one. Um, Last one's a, uh, an interesting one. Uh, I generally don't play games on my phone. Um, uh, someone pointed this one out on um, Thingy. Uh, I saw this actually on a thread on NeoGAF, and it's a game called Ingress, which is done by um, 
a sub-development of um, Google. I think the people who made it are like a contracted or whatever or some kind of Google subdivision. And it's basically, it's, it's an augmented reality game. And um, it kind of sets itself up as a um, uh, weird shit is leaking into the world and there are two factions who are trying to control it sort of thing. And generally what happens is, is people submit um, pictures of... I'm trying to remember what the criteria are, actually. It's things like um, places where uh, people would gather, like public gathering locations. So uh, most of the local, they call them portals, uh, for me, are pubs, um, war memorials. uh, uh, There's a church or three. And then basically, um, it's kind of hard to explain, really. Um, you, you, pick up the, you pick up the currency for the game by walking around, because it uses the GPS functions on your phone. Um, and then you um, basically capture these portals for your chosen faction. You link them together to create these fields, which is what drives the score between the two factions. Uh, the one that I'm part of is actually lose, losing by... Uh, I'm trying to figure out how many numbers that is. Um, we're losing by about 200 million points. Bearing in mind the score, the score, the highest, the, the score of the other faction is 3.2 billion. And the score of the one I'm playing for is 3 billion. So we're hmm. off by 200 yeah, you million. Are. Basically, the size, of the, fi- the size of the field, you link these portals together and then the size of the um, field determines how many points you get for it. You sort of, the, between the lines of the portal, draws fields on the map i should probably link like there's a there's a map available online that shows where the current fields are and stuff it, it it's kind of neat that means i walk around a bit to play it so yeah um i'm not really sure what else i can really say about it really because not much and somebody play it but you know it's a lot of walking around and pressing the button and waiting just i don't know what you're doing but yeah yeah so it, so, it makes you go outside so that's good yeah, I, 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 I investigated it um, like when I was uh, doing, going out and doing shopping and stuff, seeing what, what, what was actually around locally. As a, like, for example, there's a big cluster of portals. Um, amusingly, Portsmouth is, I think, almost entirely in the control. The two, the two factions are the um, crap, uh, Enlightened and the Resistance. So the people using this exotic matter to advance humanity and the people who think it's actually just going to destroy everyone. The the story is obviously fairly bare bones because it's all tied up in alternate reality stuff. I'm just looking at the local map for my area and basically the the entire city or the entire island that Portsmouth sits on is in the hands of the Resistance, which is the faction I play for, with the exception of something like four portals down near um, South Sea Commons. Well, get down there. Get those portals. Uh, well, that's the thing. There's a character level progression thing. And the, one, the few that are still in uh, resistance hands are all um, quite high level ones. And you can only use items up to your character level. Mm. Um, which means that the weapons that I have available, which launch kind of like... You have to be quite near the portals to attack them. Um, are generally not very good at attacking high level ones. I can attack uh, border ones quite easily. But I saw what amusingly, it's just that um, I do actually seem to remember that the Resistance did actually control quite a bit of Portsmouth beforehand, which leads me to suggest that there are actually people, you know, playing ah, yes. this in the local area. Yeah. 
and I, I see them in the co- in the communications channels as well. That there are actually a sort of there's a sort of I wouldn't say dedicated group of people, but there are, there are people who are enjoying it in the area. Um, what I will say is, um, if you are a iPhone user, you are shit out of luck because this is made by Google. Yep. Android only. Yep. yep. I'm actually just checking to see how many I, I I'm planning on walking. Back from I've got a job starting tomorrow, um, and I'm planning on walking back to the nearby train station because there's some stuff I want to do afterwards. And there's a it does actually walk me past a fair number of portals in the middle oh, there of the fair. Go. So go hack it up. I can go hack that up. All right, Alex, are you hacking things in in England? Uh, no, I'm more shooting them because I'm a bard in Final Fantasy 14. Ah, bard, bards are so OP. Are they? Basically, the reason why, or the, people, the reason why people think bards are OP is because unlike basically everybody else uh, in terms of ranged damage, is they don't have to stand still to do damage. Oh, nice. Yep, that's awesome. They can shoot I was actually and move. Doing, yeah, I was actually doing a dungeon, sort of helping out some of the free company people just before podcast. You managed to complete it with fifty seconds left. Uh, which <laughs> dungeon time. was that? Did, did you do that? Was, uh, that was Brave Fox. Oh, Brave Fox. Yeah, we had a rubbish tank to start off with, but the new one was good. So, yay! Nice. Yeah, I've basically sort of been switching between bard and my crafting gathering things. So I'm sort of in between thirty and forty on all of them. Yeah, lots of fun. And outside of that, I've been playing two games for review. First is Inazuma Eleven Three. Which is basically more in Azuma. Are you going to do our review for it? Yep. But on a national scale now. Or world scale. I don't even know. Yeah, international, which is technically slightly less than it was beforehand. Oh, okay. Because two two introduced aliens. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Yeah, so it went national, then interplanetary, then international. Fair enough. <laughs> it it does it. actually affect the game slightly because the story sort of does feel a bit basic compared to uh, <laughs> the last one, <laughs> which was just completely nuts. All right. But cool. nuts in a, in a very enjoyable way. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Awesome. It's, yeah. Although it's on 3DS, it's pretty much the same game as you'd find on the does DS. Does it look There's nicer? No... So does it look nicer? Uh, no, it looks oh. pretty much exactly the same. It's just wow. the top screen is slightly bigger. Hmm. All right. You've but also I been playing Kingdom Hearts, right? Yeah, I've been playing HD Kingdom Hearts, which I'm a bit meh on, to be honest. Why is that? Uh, I'm not enjoying the gameplay. But did you enjoy it the first time around? I haven't played. I didn't play it the first time around. Oh. It's the first time I played it. Okay. So now you get to know the power of the Keyblade. Yeah. Uh, also, the tediousness of all the encounters. Yes. Which is my main problem with the game at the moment. It's just not fun. Yeah, I've noticed that with Kingdom Hearts, it's kind of a take it or leave it on the battle system. Either are okay with the mindless hack and slash, or you're like, this is ridiculous. I know. Give me something yeah. else. Where, can yeah, can I, I do gummy ships again, please? Come on. Yeah. I don't mind hack and slash in general. It's just I think 
this one there's too much of it and it's the, pretty much the same enemies every time. So, Yep. And there's Kingdom Hearts wrapped up for you. <laughs> yeah, I'll write it in more words soon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's jump into feedback. First off from Legendary Zoltan, we have a letter. He says, hello, RPG cast. Thank you for continuing to do a show solely about RPGs. I need it. I have a question about Tales games. Now that Tales of Exilia has come out and is receiving positive reviews, do you think people should just skip over Tales of Graces F? Or is there a good reason to play both? And to those who who have played both, which combat system do you prefer and why? All right, let's just toss this over to John. Wait, what? 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 It, now that know, Tales, of, to... Tales of Exilia versus Tales of Graces F, should he just skip F? And which has a better battle system? Oh, God. Don't make me choose. <laughs> Don't make me choose. I can so... choose if you want. Oh, okay. Go ahead, Alex. I, 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 I think I'd... Say... Sorry, quick. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I'd say play both just because they are very different Tales games. Mm. Yeah, I agree with that. So it's just to sample differences. With which comments is my prefer? I prefer Exilia. Yeah. Personally, I, I, but I think that sort of just suits my how I play better. I mean, I, I struggled a bit with Graces because it was a lot. I think from what I could tell, Grace, Graces it required a lot more dodging and stuff like that, which I wasn't so good at. Um. Okay. So I then. I would say, why do you feel, Legendary Zoltan, that you need to play both of them? Why not just play one, and then if you feel like playing another Tales of game, play the other one? You know? I mean, they're anime-style JRPGs. You can play them all if you want, but not everybody has time to play them all. I I guess I don't understand the premise anymore. Yeah. If you're a Tales fan, that's a good enough reason to play both. Okay, well then, play both. (laughs) All right, Zoltan. Yeah, if you really like Tales, just play both. Yeah, all right. All right, um, next letter. Oh, go ahead. I'm just... See, here's the thing. I quite liked Grace's F... I really quite liked Grace's F's battle system because it was... Um, it, it didn't have a TP, effectively a MP point system. It was um, almost entirely down to uh, chain capacity and how to string combos together. Uh, and as a fan of um, the game that introduced the CC system, the PS2 re-release of Tales of Destiny, um, till I felt that the step into they did a really good step for the system into 3D. That said, um, I think I do really quite like Zillia's system, but I'm just wondering how much of that is affected by the fact that I think Zillia 2 is a good game, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. You you're so far ahead of us as far as Tales games though go though. Can you yeah, understand usually. all the stuff in a Tales game with your Japanese? Uh, I can't understand all of it, no. No. Um, I can understand, I think, enough to make a coherent sense of the plot. I was able to understand basically all of Tales of the Abyss. Huh. Um, now, I don't know if that speaks you know, volumes about how more or less complicated Tales of Abyss storyline was compared to everybody else, but I think I was fine with... Um, I was fine with Vesperia as well. I think Zillia lost me in a couple of places, but I think that's because I, I took fairly long gaps like in playing other stuff as well as playing Zillia 
Uh, I took like fairly long breaks from it. Sure, sure. So I just sort of, I, I come back after like a couple of months. Uh, I just, I'm like, I, I, I honestly can't remember what was going on. <laughs> I, I, I understand that. I mean, now that I've started Zillia too, I do basically get the entire like basic premise of Zillia. I might miss some of the nuance, but you know, I get the, I get the, I get the message, as it were. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ocelot writes in and says, I am so sleepy. I mean, dear RPG cast, good morning. It's actually afternoon. I wanted to ask, number one, why is the Pokemon anime so bad? Which of these other series do you think would make a good Pokemon crossover? A, Pokemon versus Gundam. B, Pokemon versus Sailor Moon. C, G.I. Joe Emon. D, DC Comics Presents Pokemon Adventures. E, none of the above. They should instead make fill in your choice here. I like the Sailor Moon one. Sailor Moon? I think John likes Pokemon uh, versus Gundam. Yeah, followed by Sailor Moon because that would be hilarious. Oh, okay. okay I'll pick Actually, uh, Pokemon, G- vers- Pokemon versus uh, Kamen Rider. That would probably be quite funny. I'll pick uh, G.I. Joe one just to be different. <laughs> I think Pokemon and Naruto would be a good crossover. I don't know what would happen. Actually, well, thinking about it, one of the series was dis- the, the one of the matchups in Kamen Rider was once described as um, Mega Man fighting Pokemon trainer via Yu-Gi-Oh. Well, that works. So, because of how the because of how their powers worked and how they were how they sort of brought them out. So it's already done. Perfect. Now, as to why the Pokemon anime so so bad. Because basically it's aimed at young children and continues, never ages its audience, and because it's about selling you trading cards and video games. So, yeah. Well, how could it be good? I don't know. Um, that doesn't even feel like that fully explains it. Why is it bad? What, what did, what, why can't they just, you know, class up the story a bit and, like, have character progression? Would that be terrible? Clearly. Okay. I don't know. I don't get it. I think it'd be easy to fix, but I don't I don't know why they don't. Alright. Your favorite and or least favorite video game reviewer, or are you too cool for game reviews? Hmm. Can we pass this section? I think it's a you're little right. too loaded. Yeah. Number pass. three. <laughs> I am not I don't want to get I don't want RP gamer to get sued. <laughs> Liable. Will you be trying out God Eater 2? Anybody? I will Alex. be if it's released in English. Okay. What about Bravely Default Fairy Princess? Flying I Fairy? Will. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yes. So Alex and Anna. I and will then... be, and I'll probably review that as well, because okay. I get it first. <laughs> ah, yeah, it's coming out true. in first, because Nintendo of Europe is localizing it. All right. What about uh, The Witch and the Hundred Knights? I don't know what that is. I don't know enough about it. It's um, I want It's either X Seed or Axis. Yeah, well, I don't care. It's NIS. So nice try, but yes. I bet. <laughs> it's one of those little niche companies. It's one of those American publishers. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Well, apparently none of us. All right. What RPG game needs the HD treatment that hasn't gotten it yet? Uh, wait. What was that? 
what what RPG needs the HD treatment that hasn't gotten it yet? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, I want a Shining Force that was remade like Final Fantasy IV: The After Years. So you want to follow up to it? No, I want like they had a really really good remake on the Game Boy Advance, mm-hmm. but the graphics were still kind of middling. And they only added like two new levels. Okay. I want them to add more, like Final Fantasy the After Years did. Well, then but that's re- that's easy. Shining Force Three, all three parts needs an HD remake in yes. English. There you go. There you go. <laughs> or what were you gonna say, John? I said Chrono Trigger. Chrono Trigger. All right, that's that's fair. That's fair. Uh, Though totally I, I think it would an HD remake of Super Nintendo games tend to look like a Flash game, and people end up not liking it. So I don't know. Yeah, I'll be tempted to go for first two Star Ocean games. All right, Star Ocean One can't be two. any can't be any worse than Star Ocean Four. Cheap shot. Yeah, yeah that, that was my logic behind that. Now, with your remake of Star Ocean Two, do you still randomly crash when battles happen inside certain caves, or do you, do you keep that in for the nostalgia? Uh, I think uh, I think we'll, we'll we'll allow them to get rid of that one. Okay. Oh, but people will complain. <laughs> Is there a genre of gaming that you have never tried playing? Not just a genre you don't like, but actually a type of game you never even played once. And what would get you to try it? Horror and nothing. <laughs> don't uh, open that door. Yeah, I'm pretty much in the same boat as Anna, actually. Oh, I don't gonna really don't just horror? Don't, yeah, I just don't play horror games, period. I don't think I've played any hentai games. Well, I think you're the only one on the podcast who could say that. Oh, really? Oh, really? Okay. Hmm. All right. Maybe I shouldn't bring that genre up. Let's see. What else do we have for genres that we probably haven't tried? Um... Actually, I have not played a Notomi game, and I want to. You have one on oh, your phone, I don't you? I haven't played a Bejeweled clone. Oh, really? Yeah, and I really don't give a shit about them. Well, that's true. You I've never played Wii. Puzzle Quest? I don't think it was released in Europe. I can't remember if it was or not. Well, mm. and again, I, I honestly... Well, it is now, I'll, and I'll t- get to that later. All right, Shoyab says, Hi all from Jolly Old England. A few quick questions. Shadowrun Returns on my Nexus 7 is the first RPG I've really enjoyed playing on a mobile device. What is the game that woke you up to the potential of mobile gaming? Uh, Dragon Fantasy. <laughs> How about Game Dev Story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That story I think is about one of the few mobile games I have actually, honestly, like, really, really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that, that although that Ingress one I mentioned earlier is kind of neat. Mm-hmm. Have you ever t- played a game which has taken over all of your playing time? Well, I think we all have. In thirty years of gaming, it's happened to me twice, and both this year. First was Dark Souls, and now Spelunky on my Vita. I had to delete Spelunky as it got to the point where I wouldn't play any other game. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's that's some serious dedication. Though. Yes, it is, <laughs> especially for Spelunky. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's painful. Hmm. Anna Isn't has this game mega hard. Uh, yes. Okay. What the heck? It just yeah, I think the last one that's happened to me was Xenoblade. That weird noise that I've been struggling with all show just stopped, and I think my cat fixed it, and I don't know how. Good. 
kitty. No, she just... No, go back. She, it came back. Whatever she did, she undid. No. All right. Let's see. Is, um, what's the second one here? Uh, oh, Anna's mentioned that Might and Magic Clash of Heroes is her gaming comfort food and is a game she comes back to time after time. Well, snap, as Clash of Heroes is the same for me. What about the rest of you? What is your gaming comfort food? Oh, what, the game I go back to time and time again? I swear I've answered this question before. And I'm probably going to give a different answer this time. And that'll so probably be uh, Startopia. <laughs> Startopia? Yeah. Are you not familiar with it? No. Startopia was basically the... the it was the last game made by a development company called Mucky Foot back in 2001, 2002. Mm-hmm. Um, Mucky Foot was a development team made mostly out of ex-Bullfrog employees when they went bust or got bought out. I can't remember. It's basically themed space station. Oh, okay. So it's like a sim space station. Yeah, yeah. basically. With, you know, a pretty uh, amusing sense of humor. Cool. I can always go back to that one because uh, as far as simulation games go, it's kind of what I used to play a lot of when I was younger and stuff. So, yeah. Alrighty. Uh, I'm about to upgrade my iPhone 4S and the choices I am pondering are an iPhone 5S, an HTC One, or wait to see what the Nexus 5 is like. What would you recommend and why? Um, For me, I would recommend the iPhone because... For me, the iPhone is my third handheld, and by the way, it happens to make phone calls. So you you just like the gaming environment on it. Right. And he already has a Nexus 7 for Android games. So um, I'm thinking you stick with the iPhone 5 so that you still have an iOS device and an Android device and play everything. Um, But, you know, HTC One, isn't that old? Do they have an updated HTC One? There must be an updated one. So I must not be. Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a few sort of HTC One oh, okay. something. So it's a load in the series. So. Okay, cool. Should we talk about one of those? Hmm. 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 All right. Well, let's see what else we got. And thanks. F- and the offer is still there. I'm happy to contribute to Extra Life if I can guest on an episode of the show. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, we Yay. need to put that up as a prize. Maybe. Be more British. That would be cool. We could have the painfully British podcast. Will 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 tea be served? And crumpets. Tea oh. will be served, actually. Excellent. Hi guys, Steven here. Hope all is well, and you have been keeping me from losing my mind at work every Sunday. Uh oh, sorry, Stephen. We weren't up in time for you. I do thirteen-hour shifts, five days a week, and I look forward to sitting down with the RP Gamer podcast and pondering on the many, many games I will be playing in the future. Oh, I feel bad. Talking about future, I've recently got a hold of a Chrono Cross for the PS One, and I have to say, it is a fantastic game of which the story rivals most RPGs to this day. This got me thinking: what other gems on the PS One have I missed due to being in the UK? So starts my journey to collect PS One RPGs. Hmm. Uh, do you want the list? It's quite substantial. Yeah. What's the list? Actually, no. I'm I'm actually half joking. I can't remember. I you can't remember anything on PS One. I I start. I I didn't have a PlayStation at the right time. I can't. Rem- I don't think we got Xenogears. 
Well, Xenogears is the one I would say is is one of those. I don't know. I really it's... don't think we got Xenogears. Okay, well, um, that's too bad. Oh shit! Um, we did not. Did you just check? Yeah. Mm. Um, God, I'm trying to remember what else. Chrono Cross was definitely one. Um, he's already got that. Suikoden. Yeah. I honestly do not remember seeing Suikoden games here. How about Tactics Ogre? Don't remember that one either. I can't even. I don't think. Did we not even get Final Fantasy Tactics? Well, Final, yeah, Final Fantasy Tactics. If you haven't played that, you should get. Um, I, I actually want to check that one because. How about Tales of Destiny? Uh, I don't think we got the original one of that. <laughs> Did you guys not get anything? No, um, we, didn't get Final, we didn't get Final Fantasy Tactics. Dark Chronicle? Uh. Actually, I think I remember seeing that I think, I think that we one. did get that, yeah. I'm looking through a official PlayStation Magazine COUK, and I'm reading through all their yeah, but, stuff here. Uh, Dark Chronicle was PS2. Yeah. It, oh, what? No. Yeah, that's Dark Cloud 2. Mm, yeah. You're right. That was Dark... Yeah, you're yep. thinking... Yeah, Dark Cloud 2. Yep. Yeah, that was released here as Dark Chronicle. And then... Yeah, that's definitely not... Uh... But those other PS1 games, I think you got them all, because this is uh, a UK did, a UK thing. Did we? Because we didn't get Tactics Ogre either. You didn't get Tactics not until, Ogre. Not until uh, not until the PSP remake. The PSP, okay. Mm. Yeah, but then again, we didn't get friggin' Chrono Trigger, so. And you didn't get. Interestingly, um, there was that some that summer of Square where it was like Chrono Cross and Legend of Mana and one other game and they were delayed hugely in Canada because it was when the stupid bilingual manual law went into effect so there was like a Square Enix game that came out May, June, July and August and we didn't start getting them until like we got the May one in August alright I got more I got more do you know what no I was just gonna say do you know what the irony or not irony but do you know what's funny guess what year guess what year we finally got Final Fantasy 6 what year 2002. No. Wow. Yeah. Okay. The first version of uh, Final Fantasy VI that came out in Europe was actually the PlayStation version. Ugh. And it came out in 2002. <sighs> That's sad. Bear in mind, the original came out in 1994. Mm-hmm. You know, that's eight years. All right. Did you guys get the Alundra games? E- yes, I think we did. Those are good, right? Are they? I don't know. They are situationally good. Okay. As your dream. That thing uh, doesn't hold up as much, it. does it? We got, we definitely got that on Game Boy. As your dream? Oh, we got it, we got it on Game Boy. What? Yeah, that's weird. Game, Game Boy Color, I think it was. I didn't know it came out on Game Boy. As your dream. What about the right. PlayStation Breath of Fire games? Breath of Fire three and four. Uh, I think I, I um, actually did we? I can't remember Breath of Fire three, but I Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Uh, no, I. No, according to this, we did get Breath of Fire 3. Okay. Uh, and I know we got Dragon Quarter because it's one of the only games I've ever returned to well, a shop. Well, that's PS2. Yep. And we did get Breath of Fire 4. Okay. Um, let's see. There's the actual Final Fantasy games that came out, 7, 8, 9. Yeah, we got 7, 8, and 9. Those those were basically guaranteed. Probably, yeah. Uh, Delayed, Tactics, guaranteed. of course, you should play. Front Mission 3, if you got that, you should play that. Did we? Um, yeah, it's on PSN, so I'm guessing we did. Yeah, I just don't think it actually came out originally. Okay. I don't think. Don't play, oh, no, I'm wrong. It did. Don't play Hoshigami. Um, let's see. 
Cartia might be okay to play. Ooh, Karsha was fantastic. So was Brigandine. What about Kudelka? Kudelka is hit and miss. Hit and it's miss? part of the shadow. It's a. It's part of the Shadowheart series. Did you get the Lunar remakes? Silver no, Star Story and Lunar Two. Those there. No. Oh, that's too bad. Um, track them down anyway and play them. Uh, Persona or Persona Two, probably not. Um, Rhapsody. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you'd be better off playing the DS version if you insist on playing it. Star Ocean Two. Um, it's the or Star Ocean Second Story. And let's yeah. see. Let's see. We covered Tactics Ogre, and it's like Tales of Destiny 1 and 2, and Threads of Fate, Vagrant Story, Valkyrie Profile. Definitely get Valkyrie Profile. Um, the Wild Arms games? No? Vanguard Bandit Santa? The Vandal Hearts games? I protect peace and candy! The Vandal, right. Vandal Hearts? Oh, I thought you said Vanguard Bandits. I said both. Vanguard Bandits is quite good, but it's a working design. Uh, we did get, we did get Vandal Hearts. Got you got Vandal, Vandal Hearts, Hearts. Okay. yeah, because it was... Um, that's Konami. Konami actually did bring over some of their stuff. Yeah, because we got Symphony of the Night as Ooh, well. Ooh, Suikoden 2 is also PS1, so track that down if you if it came out. Uh, if you dare, isn't that one of the ones? <laughs> yeah, we, we did get that one. So that's actually, one, apparently, like $300 though? Suikoden is actually, a game you buy, apparently. play, and then resell. <laughs> It did apparently come out in Europe, though. Okay. So we couldn't do. In 2000. So about almost a year later than it did in the US, but it did come out. That's not too bad. All right. Um, tell Mrs. Privateer that IGN gave Dragon Fantasy Book 2 a poor score, but not to worry. Unless it's a GTA or Call of Duty game, they have no clue what makes a good nostalgic game. All the best from well, the UK, Stephen. <laughs> and here's the thing that drives me crazy, and this is the same problem that I have with the GameSpot review, is both IGN and GameSpot gave it a 3 out of 10. And I could understand as a former reviewer that everybody has their own opinion, but nothing drives me crazier, whether it's a game that I work on or it's a game that I like, than reviewers that presume you meant to do something that you didn't do, that you didn't intend to do, you didn't do, and you have no idea why you, they presumed that you did it. I, also, I have no idea what you just said. <laughs> it's like every once in a while in a review of Dragon Fantasy, there will be some presumption that the game tried to do X. It's like, this game tried to be, you know, edgy. And it's like, no, no, it didn't. It tried to be funny, tried to be stupid, but in no way did it try to be edgy. And so the reviewers that presume something about a game, like this game tried to be X, drives me crazy. And again, it's not just Dragon Fantasy. It's just any game. I hate it when reviewers do that. But... um both both IGN in particular picked a reviewer who basically doesn't like RPGs. Nice. And it was kind of disappointing for us because we had like a fantastic interview that IGN posted the day before the review. And both of the people on the interview were like totally stoked for the game and totally understood it. And I'm just disappointed that one of them didn't review it because I think that it would have been a better fit for the audience that we intended. Hmm. We're not trying to sell Dragon Fantasy to like the people that play Grand Theft Auto and nothing but Grand Theft Auto. And I think we got a reviewer that mostly plays Xbox games and first-person shooters. So that's disappointing. But oh, wow. I respect that that's their opinion. And, you know, we 
put a couple of comments in the response thread to respond to um, the reviewer and then respond to one person. And, you know, life goes on. We got lots of other good reviews. Mm -hmm. All right. That was from Keep. Thanks, Keep. Uh, James writes in and says, hey, I've started... No, that was from Steven. Sorry. I've started rebuilding my cart... No, I'm sorry. The last letter from Steven. This letter's from James... And I think I'm caught up. I've started rebuilding my cartridge-based game collection from when I was a kid. NES and SNES for the most part. Found out that uh, after getting my paws on a copy of Illusion of Gaia, that my Super Nintendo was dead. Not you. Oh. He found out his Super Nintendo was dead after he got Illusion of Gaia. Um, Have any of you used any of the Retron consoles? If so, how was it? Any you would recommend? Uh, side note to this, do any of you use apps to keep track of what you have or want? I'm using Got Milk on my phone right now, looking for something a little more fitting. Um, I do not keep apps, uh, to track my game collection. I still need to look into that and figure that out. You know, I keep track of my game section with oh. the big shelf of games. All right, and James is in the chat room. He says the app in his email is out of milk, not Got Milk. So... I, I, I know there's an app called Don't Forget the Milk or Remember the Milk or something like that, but whatever. Um, out, of, out of milk. Interesting. So, yeah, I don't use apps. Um, I would say that the Retron 5 is looking like a cool Retron co- retro console. Um, maybe check that out when it comes out, but I don't use one, so I don't know. What about you? Um, I want to get a Retron 5. Yeah, so we'll be able to tell you when it comes out maybe, but not till then. Sorry, we, sorry, I don't have any better advice for you there. Don't have a lot of time for retro gaming lately, and I've got all the systems because of the, we bought them all for the wedding for various reasons. Mm-hmm. And he gives us an okay. Sorry. <laughs> I feel bad. We're just useless to people today. Oh, let's start the news. You can hear the excitement in our room here. Indeed. Huh? What did you say? I said indeed. Indeed. All right. All right. Let's see. New Wii U system update lets you output Wii games to your gamepad. This is but exciting, right? But still needs a Wiimote. Yeah. Wait. What? Yeah. So, <laughs> no, I mean, I actually was thinking about doing this when I was, like, laid up in bed because I couldn't move. I had to have my foot up all the time. So if I just put the screen, like, hook the screen on top of my knees and then play with the Wiimote in my lap, that would totally work for me. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's, again, another advantage of off-screen play. I think that its desirability its usability is going to be pretty niche. It's going to be the eight-year-old who wants to play Disney princesses while daddy watches football. Hmm. Hashtag F-O-M-O-F. So basically, yeah, football. <laughs> Fear of missing out on football. Um, you can uh, use it as a little portable TV, essentially, is all it is, and that's not so great. I think they need to come up with a way of letting you use the gamepad to control games that would support it. Well, I mean, they they have. What? You need to... Pay up for it, though. What? Some of the Wii Virtual Console games you can pay a little more for and then play them off screen. What? What are you talking about? Isn't that an upgrade thing? No. I give up. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) That was for Virtual Console games. Yeah. That's what you're thinking of. I'm not talking about Virtual Console games. Oh, okay. Mm. This game's... 
But again, bear in mind that we're also thinking about this as adults. Picture for me, Simone sitting on the couch and we put the Wii U in the cradle on the coffee table and we put the controller in her lap. Hey, you know what's really scary about this, guys? Does this make sense to you? Yeah, it makes sense, but it's not for me. Um, So here's what's cool. They planned this from the start because there's two... um, they have two lights on the gamepad that serve as the as the lights for the sensor bar. Since, as you know, the sensor bar is actually an emitter bar, and the Wiimote does the sensing. But yeah, so they've they've had those two lights in there the whole time to to function as a as a for for this exact functionality. Isn't that cool? I think that's cool. You guys don't think it's cool? Oh, whatever. It's cool. I want to play Xenoblade in bed. <laughs> um. You okay? Yeah, I guess you could do it now, huh? Yeah, that's. I wonder how that works with um, if you put on the homebrew channel on your Wii virtual Wii U or virtual Wii. I'll have to give that a try. I still have to do that. All right. Uh, what else we got? Idea Factory's got a new RPG coming out. Um, the Disgaea Four director is making a new D- PS Vita game with Idea Factory, and uh, that's all we know. So be excited, maybe? I don't know. Um, We've got an October date confirmed for Valhalla Nights 3. It's coming out in North America on October 15th for 40 bucks. Nobody cares. (laughs) Rune Factory 4 is coming to Europe. Yay. Uh, Sometime in 2014, and that's all we know. Marvelous AQL, I guess, is going to do it. Spring. Yeah, Yeah, so Marvelous opened up a European office, and they're actually localizing things. That's actually quicker than it usually takes the Harvest Moon series to get here. So it's, usually um, about, it's usually about 10 months. So here is a fun fact. Marvelous charges a lot for European licenses. So I I get the feeling that the reason it takes so long for some of the Marvelous games is some of these companies might actually be spending a lot of time negotiating the price down. So if Marvelous is going to do it themselves and not charge somebody for it, they don't have to wait for like a year for the price to go down enough for someone to buy it. That makes sense. And the interesting thing is, is I know talking with a couple of my friends in the industry that there are quite a number of companies who try to badly overcharge for European licenses. And that is why certain games take so long to get over there, even though it's obvious that they would sell in a European market. All right. Well, uh, there you go. Let's see. Next some, truth fact, some truth bombs going, going on down here. Yeah, I know. She's blowing the lid off. Bravely Default has a English language trailer, so you can listen to everyone speak British in it. Didn't uh, we talk about this last week? I don't remember. Cosmic Star so. Heroine. This is a new trailer. It's a new trailer? Okay. It's another yeah. speak British two trailer. Trailers. Okay. There's another one coming next week, probably. Great. Cosmic Star Heroine has launched its Kickstarter. And has basically made its goal. Already? Let's see. Now they're 82 grand out of 100,000. With 24 days to go. So they'll be fine. No problem there. Um, Anna has put in 40 bucks already and wants to put in 200. 
as I always do with Kickstarters. If you pledge $3,000 or more, you get the Secret Agent tier. These are all gone, by the way, so if people have already pledged all three of these. Become a recruitable character in-game or design an alter ego if you'd rather not be in the game personally. This character will not be playable in battle, but is available to join your spy base and offer support. Um, wow. Okay. There you go. That's the craziest one. That's not so crazy. And then uh, just under that, $1,500 limited, 10 of 10 left. Nobody's bought any of these. Become an NPC in game. (laughs) Nobody wants to be an NPC. And yeah. (laughs) Oh, well. Cosmic Star Heroine looks like it's going to do just fine. We have three reviews up at RP Gamer this week. First off, from Adrian Denowden, we've got a review of Wind Waker HD. Sorry, I don't read reviews by Adrian Denowden. Why is that? Oh, is that what's on the set? Was that on the Chris, forums? Chris, yeah. are, you forget, are you forgetting the joke? Apparently. Yeah. Even Adrian Denauden doesn't read reviews by Adrian Denauden. <laughs> um, he says the game is too short, which is the first I've ever heard of for a Zelda game. Yeah, well, with the improved sailing, it cuts something like tw- 10 to 20 hours. But you have to know what to do to get the improved sailing, though, right? Uh, yeah, but it's super easy. You go Is to it? the first, you go to the auction house as soon as you've done the first dungeon. Oh, okay. Which you do anyways. Oh, do you? Okay. Uh, well, anybody who knows the game should. Ah. Well, we should play this game. I didn't know it was only 20 hours. Is it, no, that... I said it cuts 10 to 20 off. Well, it says the game's only 20 hours. Um, okay. That's what it says. All right. <laughs> Um, let's see. Disgaea D2 we've got a review up for by Michael Apps. Um, he gives that a good score. Go ahead and check that out. Um, ooh. Interesting. All right. And uh, Diablo 3 we've got a review up. Um, this does the worst out of the three games this week. That review is by Scott Walker, and it's of the PS3 version. So you can go check out what we think of that. And apparently it has bland sound and bland level design, which is interesting. But whatevs. And let's see. A link between worlds. Anna's excited for this one. Gimme, 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 gimme. So the more I see about this game, the more I want it. Because they have let you completely customize how you move through the game. Because instead of having instead of you go into the dungeon, you get the weapon in the dungeon, you finish all the traps that are in the level based on that, or you do all the stuff in the dungeon based off of that weapon, you win. And then you go to the next dungeon and you forget about that weapon until like, you know, three or four dungeons later when they start, you know, doing crazy combo stuff. So instead, in A Link Between Worlds, there is a shop that has like 10 or 12 weapons in it. And you can choose to either rent them and you can only rent one at a time or you can choose to purchase them and then it's permanently yours. Mm Mm-hmm. So if you want to do the dungeon with the hammery stuff, which is what they showed in the demo video, you can buy or rent the hammer and then go do that dungeon and then do something else. And Chris ran away because he ran out of power. So are you guys interested in this game? Because I'm, I'm like jumping up and down on my seat excited. Because it's, it's coming out in Europe this year, right? Uh, I think it is. Yeah. Am I like the only person here that loves Zelda? Uh, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of Isn't it coming out with the 3DS? Yeah, are you guys getting a special Zelda 3DS? Oh, right, it's a 3DS game. I'm sorry, Quinn. 
They well, don't like see, 3DS games, Anna. See, the funny thing is, is now that I actually have, uh, well, I have a job starting Monday. I don't actually get my first paycheck until the end of November. But Ooh. I'm thinking around Christmas, I might actually finally get around to importing a Japanese 3DS. Yay! Yay! So, so I will now, so I will stop bitterly complaining about the lack of uh, 3DS because well, it'll be I very basically... weird to not have you bitterly complaining about the 3DS. It is. I know it is basically. Not gonna like... treat region lock at us every time yeah. we talk about the 3DS. Hmm. Uh, it just amuses me how often I mention it, and then people still address, uh, still think that I'm interested in buying 3DS games. Hey Quinn, yes. you should buy this game. It looks great. Oh fuck's sake. <laughs> Right. Oh, oh dear! Check this out. EverQuest Two is going to let people buy level eighty-five characters for thirty-five bucks a piece. That's not the worst thing. Than a max level WoW character. Hmm. It's cheaper than a max level WoW character. Where do you buy that? On the black market. Ah, uh, so let's see how this works. Um. Let's see. Today marks the beginning of a special Heroes Call promotion, which runs through the 15th. Allows one free permanent hero character to be created per household for new players. Um, Okay, what does that mean? And pre-existing players can create or upgrade one hero character per account. Um, I don't know. I don't understand what it's saying. If it's free, then you don't need to pay 35 bucks then, right? So (laughs) what the heck is it saying? Uh, we're essentially creating a shortcut for people who go to to go to level 85 without invalidating the 1 through 85 content. It's what they want to play. You can always start at level 1 and move up. But we want to make sure that players could get together really easily so that when friends come back to the game, they could find other, other friends and be able to adventure. Uh, okay. And you can still level up 10 times once you're at 85. Uh, and yeah, there you go. You know, actually, thinking about it, I don't think this is the first MMO that's done this. Mm -hmm. I seem to remember, I don't know if it was we talked about it on the show last week, but I remember reading a news story saying that uh, Terror is actually doing something similar. Really? Yeah. I don't remember that. Yeah, as far as I know, I think Terror is actually doing something fairly similar. Mm. So... It is. It does actually seem to be coming, becoming a thing of basically paying slightly more in certain games to basically get a top-level character. And to be really honest, I can kind of see it from the perspective of um, games where you have to create entirely new characters in order to do things like uh, in order to do certain things. I mean, after doing the one to eighty-five grind uh, four times and doing the eighty-five to ninety-one once. Being able to skip to at least level eighty-five would actually be kind of entertaining. Wow! So yeah, if you go, if I guess it'll be thirty-five bucks after the fifteenth, but I'm on their webpage now. If you do it right now, you get one free if you log on before October fifteenth. So I, I'm gonna log on and get an eighty-five because why not? Yeah. The question but is, I think do I, I install I, it through I, Steam or through their thing? I just seem to remember. Um, I think I think it was Terra doing a, a similar promotion fairly recently. Hmm. Okay, cool. And um, well, I can actually check on that. I have things. Terra news. Enter your birthday. I was born in 1915, of course. Um, inventory full. Get cheeks. The newest pocket popo. 
Uh, we're retiring leotards and jumpsuits. Act now or go without them. I think I will go without them. What the heck is going on? Yeah, I don't see it. I see a lot of cash shop focused news. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I figure that's where Tara needs to be going right now. <laughs> All righty. Uh, what else we got for news? Do, do, do. Um, Heroes of Dragon Age. Well, I think we talked about this a little bit in the past. It is a free-to-play collectible strategy spinoff um, for iOS and Android devices and it'll let you relive important battles in the series' history. Um, it's split between PvP and Quest Mode, and you can go back and see lore that already exists. So if you're really into um, <laughs> here at Dragon Age, you get to immerse yourself some more. Deus Ex is got a new game in development in Eidos Montreal for the next generation. Yay! Windows and next-gen consoles by most of the team that made Human Revolution. This is good news. So, yay. Uh, anyone else excited about that? No? Kind I'm, of. Really ex- I'm really excited about that because I liked Human Re- Revolution a lot. I liked it, although I didn't pay anything for it. So ah, That could help. The director's yeah, cut so. of Human Revolution is coming out in October 22nd on... Uh, Let's see, 360, PS3, Wii U, and Windows. So. Are we going to get it for Wii U? No. Why would we? I already beat it on... I already beat <laughs> Human Revolution on PC. Because it's fun to bug you. Oh, okay. Marvel Puzzle Quest. Here's something you didn't think would exist. Marvel Puzzle Quest Dark Reign is, is out now for iOS and Android. So if you've been waiting for a licensed version of Puzzle Quest, it's here. Wait, like the RPG? Yes, like the RPG. Hmm. With storylines and everything. Yeah, I think you are. Yeah, is it on iPad? Yeah. Yeah, I'd probably play it that way. It's on iPad, iPhone, iWhatever. Um, Final Fantasy XIV players are going to get free world transfers. John, have you heard about this? Or Alex, or anybody? I heard about it, yes. So I'm already on the awesome server, so I don't care. So when it, the world transfer service goes live soon, and when it does go live, you can uh, move your characters at no cost for the first five days. So unfortunately, cool while this could potentially... Enjoy the stampede? Well, this could potentially mm. solve some issues for us, Anna, because we got a bunch of people on Sargataris and um, Leviathan... Yeah, but, but no one, no wants, one wants to move. To move. No yeah. one wants to move. Yeah. The people that are on Sarg like Sarg. And the people on and Leviathan don't want to move off Leviathan. Yeah, because so, we have a fantastic community on Leviathan. This th- this is very inconvenient for me. I wish all the Sargatarnas people moved to Leviathan or all the Leviathan people would move to Sargatarnas. One or the other. Yeah, except I don't think that could really happen. Well, not all of them. I meant just our social groups. But whatever. No, no, but I mean even then. Yeah, me try, trying to communicate that to the entire guild would be an absolute nightmare. Would it? Darn it. Yeah, because you only got five days to do it for free. Yeah, that's the real issue. Is they want to charge for this crap. Um, all right, hometown story has an October twenty second launch date. They are announcing and pre order plushies. Yeah, so um, you can order from GameStop or GameStop.com and get the green. Unfortunately, EB Games has decided that it doesn't want to carry a whole bunch of niche games, including ours. So you're not going to be able to buy Hometown Story in Canada at EB Games. Oh. 
Yeah. So Amazon.com has a red ember pre-order. Amazon C.ca has the game, but not the plushie. Again, they've decided not to send it to Canada. This drives me crazy. Or you, if you're in the continental U.S., you can pre-order the regular edition and get a yellow ember. Or um, hopefully this week, you can purchase the collector's edition. And that comes with a huge Pachaka plushie. And Pachaka is like the little fluff ball that floats around next to your character. You inherited it along with the shop. Okay, cool. Now, if you have if you've been into this uh, Guild Wars Two stuff or haven't been, just keeping your eye on it. There's a free trial and a sale going on. Um, oh, never mind. This story had a life date that ends today at two fifty nine a.m. So it's over. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, never mind. Never mind. Never mind. So forget that. There was a big sale and it was extended, but like through Sunday or something. So forget it. Uh, let's see Maxis just because this is such a big deal for me I'm telling you that Maxis has a team exploring offline mode for SimCity because you know that's what they needed apparently they need a, a, a team to explore just turning the server requirement off so figure that one out and they are going to sit with their feet on their desks, drinking beer for three months and downloading, laughing. Yeah, downloading whatever hack somebody put put online months and months ago. It's good they uh, answered that so quickly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're really dealing with the game's needs right when they're necessary. Uh, Legend of Zelda producer Aonuma wants to break from the series' traditional form formula. Uh, oh man, oh man, oh man, oh man. First female Zelda, first female Link. That would be cool. Um, so yeah, it's it's the next title that's going to really be a big deal for this. Um, and I feel like a link between worlds is like their playground for experimentation. That's what they said. They've started some of it in Link Between Worlds, and they're going to do more with it in the next title. So uh, we'll see. Um, it's oh, that was not meant to go in there, and. Pokemon Bank, that app is coming out on December 27th to the 3DS shop for five bucks a year. So um, The nice thing is, is if you sign up before February 1st, you actually get 30 free days. Ooh. Which is, hey, give, if you're not interested in subscribing, but you're interested in trying out the box to see what it's like, or just doing a few transfers to get to kickstart your X and Y playthrough, mm-hmm. that's exactly what you need. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm just shocked at how cheap this service is. It's it's cheap to the point of why are they bothering to charge? So because they have to charge something, I guess. All right. Uh, New York Comic Con. When is that? October 10th through 13th. Just want to let you know, Ubisoft is bringing the stick of truth to it. So if you're going to go to New York Comic Con, you should go check that out. If you're interested in stick of truth. Um. No, that didn't mean to put that in there. Borderlands 2 has a $100,000 fan appreciation loot hunt going on. So, let's see. You join at borderlands2loothunt.com and log in with your shift account. And you must take down daily specified targets in the game. There's 28 sets of targets. And um, I don't know what happens. One hunter wins a grand prize of 50 grand. And each week is a smaller cash prize. And there's a bunch of 
other prizes. So go participate in the Loot Hunt. Um, I guess by just doing this, you get entered in contests. So go play Borderlands 2 with Borderlands2LootHunt.com. Maybe I should do that. Oh, wait, I can't kill anything because I'm low level because I can't play it. Oh, never mind. Half-Life 3 trademark has been removed from the European database. This is Half-Life 3 news, people. This is this yeah, concerns so everybody. This earlier is, that's this week. Really important. <laughs> like on Monday, um, the copyright for Half-Life 3 um, was discovered in the European database. And basically everybody at NeoGAF took a you know communal crap over this. And then um, on the 3rd, somebody noticed that there was no longer a Half-Life 3 trademark in the database, and it had been replaced with a Portal 3 trademark. Dun, dun, dun! So they put a trademark in and then took it out? Yeah, we don't know what's going on. They're trolling people. I think so. Well, I mean, the the thing is, is after the Steam box and everything was announced, like, everybody was like, well, they have to have a killer app to sell it, and that would be Half-Life 3. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it feels pretty trolly to me. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. Ugh, whatever. All right, and that's all I got for news. So I want to do two things. One, I want to ask you to help us heal kids. We are doing Extra Life 2013, of course. Um, we do Extra Life every here year at uh, at, e- at RP Gamer. Um, we are partnering once again with PSNation.org. So we're going to bring you prizes and a drawing and all this stuff. So you can go right now to RPGamer.com. we got a big old button on the side. Right, do we have the button yet? I'm sorry. Let me check. Yeah, we've got the button. We got the button on the side. It says Extra Life. You see Kirby in there. You got the... Slime, you got a chocobo, you got Volana the dragon. You click on that, you'll see all the details. Um, basically, you go and support someone on the RP Gamer team. Um, if you'd like to join yourself, that's fine too. Um, you need to enter. So, people, the way I run this is the, the donators are entering the contest, the people who join the team to have other people sponsor them are just donating their time to help us. So, if you want to enter the contest for prizes, sponsor someone. If you want to do just be part of the fundraising team with us well you're not in it for prizes then you're you're about helping the kids with us directly so you know you can join our team you can sponsor someone whatever you want um it's it's completely up to you just make sure one thing if you sponsor someone make sure you leave your email address with your donation so we know how to contact you if you win people didn't do that last year and it was hard to give everybody prizes we had to skip some people out of the drawing because of that so you need to make sure you leave your email address so please sponsor us we've got a five thousand dollar team goal we've got until november 2nd to make it, it is october 6th right now we are at 736 dollars we got a long way to go and we need your help to get to our goal of five grand so sponsor someone on there sponsor me sponsor anna sponsor um sam marcello uh anyone else on our team who's doing it there's tons of people doing it and and i'm gonna up the ante this year yeah. Because if I beat Chris, I'm going to give out prizes to everybody who helped me beat them. Ooh. Nice. So donate to me. Um, and right there on the page, we have a... Uh, oh, we don't have it. So I need to put it... Oh, yeah. I've got a link there to the contest page. 
um, at psnation.org so you can see the list of prizes as it stands right now. We are hoping to um, have more of our RP Gamer related prizes on there. You can see prizes of the stuff the PS Nation folks have got going on. Just join in. Help us heal kids. All the money goes to local children's hospitals um, for each of the players that you're donating. So, you know, if you donate to me, it goes to Gunderson Lutheran. Um, you donate to Sam Marcello, it goes to a hospital in Canada. The money does not go through us. We don't touch it. It's secure, it's safe, and it's going directly to help kids. They're doing things like getting them medical equipment, also getting them like game rooms and stuff like that, just things to help make kids' lives better when they're in uh, the hospital and, and need treatment. So please help us with that. You can check out extralife.org, extra-life.org if you want to see more detail about the organization as a whole. It's all it's a part of uh, Children's Miracle Network nowadays. Uh, the dude who used to run Sarcastic Gamer, which I guess is still around, but not you know not so much anymore. Um, he's that's, This is his baby, and he's been doing it for years and years now, and we're happy to partner with them. Please, please sponsor us. Join with us as we help heal kids by playing games for 25 hours this year because of the craziness of U.S. Daylight Savings Time. Um, there's a there's a leap, a leap hour in there, so uh, we get to play uh, t- 2 to 3 a.m. twice. <laughs> so I was wondering about that. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Um, if, I, if you're not in the U.S., though, and you don't have that sort of Daylight Savings Time, I think you don't have to play 25 hours, at least in my yeah, opinion. I think ours is over a couple of weeks before or after, I think. Oh, they have a different date for... Oh, your daylight savings is a different day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. So you're good. So November 2nd, you, you, get, in, uh, you get to sleep an hour sooner. <laughs> All right. So uh, we're going to be gaming. Anna and I have an Elgato streaming card so we can actually do direct feed of a, of a PS3 or something like that. So we'll, we'll have better game footage for you to watch along with this year. Uh, streaming will be happening. It'll be going like crazy. Please donate. Please join with us. And we're really excited about this. If you'd like to leave feedback for the show and tell us what you want us to play on Extra Life, it's podcast at rpgamer.com. Send us an email. I'll start collecting that stuff of things that you want us to, to be playing on the stream. Um, you can also send us uh, a note about the show at that address. You can also call us at 608-729-4098. And of course, as usual, we will do a live show during Extra Life because we love to do that. And um, what else we got? Uh, I think that's it for this week. Thanks for joining us. If you want to catch us live every week, it's 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, with the exception of this week, apparently, at <laughs> rpgamer.com slash live on Saturdays. So uh, we'll see you next Saturday. Uh, everybody, you sounding good or is there something we missed? Oh, I think ooh, 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 conversation of the week. Converse- oh, topic of the week. What, what games are you buying in October? Yes. Because there is like a trillion games that are coming out this month. Perfect. And we'll, we'll do August or we'll do October 1st to 31st because like I bought Etrian Odyssey already. I put Rune Factory 4 on my Christmas list and I think I'm going to put Wind Waker on my Christmas list. Okay. We'll see because you want, you want to watch me play it, don't you? Uh, maybe. Okay. Unless okay. you want to play it because I can watch you play it. I don't know. We'll figure that out. Cool. Sounds good. Trade off. It'll be an extra life thing. Maybe. Yeah. All right. (laughs) If it only takes 20 hours, it'd be perfect. We could do the whole game. Um, Thanks, everybody, for watching. We'll catch you next week and send that feedback in. Podcast at RPGamer.com. All right. Till next week, this has been RPG Cast. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye now.